Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. She punches the air and she crosses that blue finish line. The world champion of 12 months ago who finished second here last time around has won it. The athlete's village is not a place for fighting. I've never heard that ever in Olympic and Paralympic history. This is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic podcast, covering the Games all the time, rather than once every four years. I'm John. And I'm Michael, and coming up in this episode, 40 years ago, a brand new event was about to begin, and become part of our Summer of Sport. Yeah, it was the first ever World Athletics Championships, and crazy to think that Helsinki in Finland hosted it. Much has changed since then in the world and in sport, but it's still one of the biggest events on the sporting calendar. Now this year, Budapest will welcome Great Britain and Northern Ireland's Slim Down squad along with the rest of the world. We'll look ahead to it. We'll hear from a British athletic star, an Olympic medalist making a return from injury. We'll be speaking to Holly Bradshaw. There's also Cycling Worlds, Canoe Worlds and our news from the Games. And if you have a favourite world championship moment, get in touch with us. Love to hear from you at Anything But F or Anything But Footy on social media or through the website anythingbutfooty.com. So 2023 World Athletics Championships in Budapest are nearly upon us. So much talk of the 50 plus British athletes attending and the turning down of places for 20 odd more athletes due to the new requirements brought in by Jack Buckner and the UK athletics team. So look, we're not going to repeat our discussion of a few weeks ago. But let's see if this new focus can bring success. It might not be in these games. It could be at the World Indoors in Glasgow next year. The Olympics next year could even be the Worlds after that. But I think we've got to give it some time and some stability because that's what really British athletics needs. It's been, frankly, all over the shop with new CEOs, performance directors and everything going wrong in the last few years. So four more athletes have been added to that Great Britain and Northern Ireland team for the championships in Hungary, which begin later this week. Scott Lincoln will compete in the men's shot put. You've got Charlotte Payne and Anna Purchase, who have both been selected for the women's hammer. And Olympic bronze medalist Holly Bradshaw will join the women's pole vault field in Budapest after finishing second at the British Championships in Manchester on a return from injury. And that's where I spoke to her. I've been putting myself out there the last couple of weeks. I'm very underprepared, physically not in the best shape um, I could be in. Um, But given where I've been over the last three months, just to be out here competing was a blessing and my kind of goal for the the five competition thing that I'm doing was it doesn't matter how ugly and scrappy it is get yourself over a bar and make sure one of them is 60 ones to tick that off today and actually do it in quite good fashion Um, I was on my bigger poles running running stronger more confidence I think for me it's been a real mental challenge because not competed in over a year getting back in that environment I'm crippled with anxiety fear I don't know whether I can trust myself and today was a big milestone for actually thinking in my brain actually I can still do this and I can be competitive so I just need to keep building. Yeah, you've had some real challenges in the build-up to this season and this competition. Yeah I mean three hamstring tears last year with that break breaking of the pole, Achilles 
you know, will not settle. So just to be pain-free and here today smiling um, is something I would not have expected five weeks ago. So to be here doing that, jumping and in front of a home crowd was brilliant. And to, to get the 61 ticked off, it's given me a lot of confidence. Obviously, we've got six weeks to go to Budapest. What can you do between now and then? So the next two weeks is all about just doing my next two meets. I need to have five in the you know landscape to get qualified and then four weeks to get some speed work in, actually get some technical vaulting because I've not ran speed in two and a half months and I've not ran, I've not pole vaulted in the training environment in you know four, four weeks. And as an aging athlete, I'm 31, I need to keep up with that physical prep. I can tell out there I'm not at my best. I'm not running as fast as I can. I'm just making do and I need to, once I've punched my ticket to Budapest, I need to get some get some wheels and get faster if I want to challenge for medals. Did you enjoy it out there today? Yes, I did. Very, very enjoyed it a lot. It was really fun. Nice to get back into that competitive environment and just feel something. It was nice. Well done. So Holly Bradshaw and Michael having a chat after winning silver at the British Championships in July. Enjoying it, she said, which I thought was great to see ahead of Paris next year as well. Now she, Lincoln, Payne and Purchase, who you mentioned, joined those 51 other athletes already named to represent Great Britain and Northern Ireland later this month. Athletes have been required to achieve a UKA qualification standard. Just quickly on Holly... She was always going to go to these championships, but she needed to go and perform in Manchester and you saw her. Yeah, and I always enjoy talking to Holly and I think for her we were waiting, weren't we, for many years for that breakthrough, that big outdoor global medal. It, It came finally at the Olympic Games and then since then... It wasn't the launch pad, perhaps, with various injuries and things that have been going on with Holly that maybe we had hoped. But she, I think, always knew, and she said in that interview, that she was going to go to the World Championships, that she was going to be selected, of course. Uh, But I think she did need to go and, and just perform and, you know, do some jumps and that's what she did in Manchester and uh, it'll be interesting to see now obviously that interview was a few weeks ago now when I was there with Talk Sport covering the the event and speaking to those that were winning and qualifying it'll be interesting to see now what's happened in the the weeks since we spoke there she didn't obviously win uh, the British Championship she wasn't the British champion where she is now because Mm. she's had sort of a few more weeks training so it'll be one to watch definitely. And we know the kind of medals that they're aiming to win as well. On one side of the medals is the Statue of Liberty atop the Gellart Hill, which is a prominent and recognisable landmark in Budapest. And on the reverse, the new Athletic Centre says in the press release it resembles a crown-like structure. It looks like any other stadium, to be brutally honest. But it looks impressive, that new stadium. uh, And that's the venue for the World Championships as well. And Budapest really becoming a home for swimming and and athletics in the world. I wonder whether... Budapest and and Hungary are potentially lining themselves up for some dialogue with the IOC about a a future Olympic bid. Not a city uh, that's ever hosted the Summer Olympics, of course. And I think the IOC would like some new cities and some new countries to step up. There's been some news on the Winter Games this morning that Switzerland, for example, are looking at a countrywide bid for the Winter Olympic Games. And we've discussed this at length with the Winter Olympics and the Commonwealth Games that this might have to be the new model uh, for multi-sport games. But I definitely think with... A city like Budapest, the way they are stepping in to host world championships, as you say, in aquatics, now in athletics as well, that Budapest and Hungary could be a place Mm. that we go to. We know where we're going up until 2032. Maybe 2036, 2040 might be the time to come back to Europe. And I think Budapest is in a, a good position 
if indeed you know the government and the authorities and the sports ministry and everything else in Budapest want to step up and host it but I think that is the way that they are going so yeah be interesting to see how Budapest host it I'm also not interested at all in what the mascot's going to be like because as you know <laughs> I don't like mascots don't really care you about like the them opening ceremonies, I love an opening ceremony don't care about the mascot you talk about fantastic moments at World Championships. I'll take you back to 2017 and the London World Championships. <laughs> We're in that interview zone in the tunnel at the London Stadium and someone comes up and said, would anyone like to interview the mascot? And I'll tell you my answer to that. No, no again, never, definitely not. And no, I'm a bit embarrassed now by when we talk about our favourite moments from the World Championships, which I've saved, which will be coming up later <laughs> in the podcast. New British record holders this year include Zarnell Hughes, Laura Muir, Morgan Lake and Kelly Hodgkinson, all in action from a Great Britain and Northern Ireland point of view. Also, we'll be seeing Dina Rasha Smith, uh, Matthew Hudson Smith, Katrina Johnson Thompson, Jasmine Sawyers, Anish McColgan, Josh Kerr, Neil Gawley, Max Bergen. And you can hear from many more in our recent reigning British Championships because it was a wet one. It's worth having a listen through to that episode of the podcast. Yeah, Zarnell Hughes is the fastest in the world at the 100 metres and the fourth fastest in the 200 metres. He'll face Kenya's uh, Ferdinand Omanyala and Fred Curley from the US for the first of the sprint doubles. Christian Coleman, seventh fastest this year. Someone, of course, who was banned from uh, uh, the Olympics. He's on his way back. Noel Lyles obviously tops the 200 metre rankings. Jakob Inger Britson of Norway will aim for a 1500 meter world title again after losing 8 to certain Jake Whiteman who's not there who's not there uh, last summer he won in Oregon you got a, a, a wake up call a surprise wake up call I did <laughs> last summer I did it'll be interesting to see if there's a, another Brit who we don't really know now who's going to win yeah. a big medal to put that story into context you know you sit down ahead of an event like this and you try and plot and plan and predict where the medals are going to come from um, I was sort of on standby for Talk Sport to react to any gold medals that came. And I'll confess that I didn't have Jake Whiteman as a, a gold medalist, a potential gold medalist. So waking up that morning as I was in Scotland on an island, having a few days away with the kids, uh, to plenty of missed calls from Talk Sport, wanting some reaction to Jake Whiteman's gold medal. So, yeah, not one I was <laughs> expecting, but uh, anyway. Uh, we wish him, of course, he's on his way back from uh, injuries. We wish him well. Uh, Shelley Ann Fraser-Price. Uh, looking for a record-extending sixth world 100 metres title. She's currently fourth fastest this year. Dina is sixth uh, at the moment, Dina Asher-Smith. We've got, of course, the world record holder, Faith Kipigon, uh, leading the 1500 metre title challenge. Uh, Laura Muir, uh, fifth fastest this year. The Kenyan also going for a double in the 5000 metres. Michael's best friend from the London Marathon, Sifan Hassan. Love talking to her. Uh, she's going in the 10,000 metres. So she's back on the track. And the big news at the end of last week, no Olympic and world champion Nafi Tiam, who misses out when the Achilles tendon injury in the heptathlon. Wonder whether that just opens it up for a medal for Katarina Johnson-Thompson. I don't think it'll be gold, but... You know, that's one of the real contenders there that if Katarina, as, as she told us when we saw her at the British Championships, is targeting just getting on the podium, that's one of the big contenders out. Yeah, she is ranked eighth in the world at the moment, KJT, but uh, USA's Anna Hall uh, leading the way at the moment. So, as we said, it's 40 years since the start of the World Championships. 1983, it was once every four years yep. back in those days, and then switched to early, every two years in the 90s. And the World Athletics have put together a 40 greatest moments, which is worth going through. Go on the website, have a look through it. Uh, obviously, Usain Bolt doing the sprint double in Berlin. They had a horrible mascot. 
Do you remember no, them? he's my favourite. I was oh, going to say. No, no. You've, you've stolen my thunder, literally. As, as Usain Bolt won his world record in 958. It was a great one for Capital Radio. 958 world record <laughs> in the 100 metres. Uh, that's for London listeners who will understand the old radio frequencies. Uh, and he did that whole Bolt celebration with Bellino the Bear. Oh, now, that is my one of my abiding memories of world championships. We're done. We're through. This is the last ever episode of Anything But Footy. How many did we managed in the end 92 was it and then then you brought Bellino into it that was the, that was where the cult of the mascot went wrong for me no that's where it, that's where it started it was it was superb and it meant that then Mandeville and I can't even Wenlock. remember Wenlock exactly I can't even remember him um it, it was the focus was so much more on them in 2012 and with your your mate from London 2017 what was his name Hero or something Hero oh yeah I definitely no not I'm not into mascots I'm sorry I just I, I haven't got time for them I don't mind them you buy it, one for your daughters yeah, every time I, I don't mind I just don't think they should be celebrating with Usain Bolt after he's just run 100 metres in 9.58 seconds. He's not what people should be remembering about that performance. Well, I remember Bolt, but I remember Bellino as well. Uh, what, what, what are your other memories? I mean, obviously, Steve Cram won the first gold in the 1500 metres in 83, which was which was a surprise at, at, at that time. Yeah, well, 83, um, obviously, uh, as you said, Helsinki. 87, Rome. That's probably the first World Championships I remember. I can't really recall 1983. But also, because it was new, it didn't have as much... No, no one really knew what it was about. Yeah. It was such a new thing for the sport of athletics to have a world championships, and it takes a while, doesn't it, to get into these kind of into your into your subconscious, effectively. And I think for me, it really probably started resonating in in Tokyo in ninety one, yes, and and Liz McColgan. So for me, um, okay. I think that that Black like, Redmond Regis and Akabusi. Yeah, I think me. yeah. Just I just remember sitting watching. I'm guessing middle of the night or early hours of the morning because obviously it was in, yeah, in that's Tokyo. A good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm but I'm, I'm guessing. Me and my dad used to get up and watch these things. So I remember getting up and watching the Seoul Olympic Games, and I remember Ben Johnson in the middle of the night watching that on the set here with my so dad. Tokyo so Tokyo were ahead of ahead of us, aren't they? It would have been in the evenings, so it would have been early. I think it would have been early evening here, wouldn't it? Because it would have been about eight o'clock at night in Tokyo. So actually, it would have been mid-afternoon here. Maybe, yeah. I just so remember So actually, it. yeah, it would have been... If you were watching the morning events, you'd have been up in the middle of the night, like you were covering the Tokyo Olympics last yeah. summer. So, yeah, that's the one for me that, that stands out, 91. And then obviously it went to this sort of every two-year format after that. Obviously, 2017, London. Um, you know, I've got really good memories of, of being there every session and, and covering that one that for, for radio. And probably for Usain Bolt, it wasn't the way that he wanted it to, to finish. And, you know, lots of controversy about Justin Gatlin. And I remember we were in that melee to try and interview yeah. Justin he got, Gatlin. He got booed again, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, everyone sort of booed him. And I thought actually he came and he... He spoke very graciously and, and said the right things. And it wasn't what we wanted to see because we saw Usain Bolt limp off the yes. track in 2017. And we'd seen him have such amazing uh, races in 2012. And I think we were all expecting just this one final hurrah. And it wasn't the way that the greatest should exit the world global stage limping away with Justin Gatlin getting that gold no. medal. But there you, that, that was it. So yes, those are some of the memories for me. I, I mentioned at the start of the podcast that, that Helsinki was the place for athletics. And again, and, and I said it was a strange location. It's a strange location now, but of course in those days it wasn't. 
wasn't mm. it? Because Stockholm and Oslo and, and Helsinki were so, so caught up with it, with athletics. That's where if you had a big meeting, then it was always Northern Europe that, that really stood out. And another one for me, Stuttgart, 1993, um, with Colin Jackson breaking the world record. Of course, after failing at the Barcelona Olympics just the year before. And we all expected him to get his gold medal, which he never then got, never got an Olympic gold medal. But he broke that world record in 93 after finishing seventh in, in Barcelona. We had Christie and Gunnell winning gold. I think it might have been David Coleman's favourite phrase, Gunnell goes for gold and Gunnell gets, gets the, the gold. gold. It might have been that one. Or it could have been Barcelona. But they, they it, was, it was great. And then, of course, 95, Gothenburg, another Northern European World Championship location, Jonathan Edwards leaping, literally leaping across <laughs> the world. And that world record just blew my mind. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, well, when we were growing up, of course, athletics was what the Golden League, as it was, it's become the Diamond League. And now we, we obviously have events in like Doha and things. And yes. that is the way where that... Where the money is. The, yeah, that, that's where the money is. That is the way that world sport is now. But in those days, yeah, it was very much centred around those kind of northern it cities. It was though, wasn't and, it? And, you know, we would tune in on a Friday night to watch athletics from places like Helsinki and, and Gothenburg and Bislett and other, yes. you know, names like that that you probably wouldn't otherwise have heard of if it hadn't been for, for Golden League Athletics. So just to, to finish our preview of these World Athletics Championships, where do you think Great Britain, Northern Ireland are heading into it? Uh, I gave my opinion that I think we need to wait and see what happens over the next course of a few major championships. But where we've got some big names, mainly on, on the women's side. Yeah, mainly on the women's side. I think this one is probably maybe a year too early for, for some of those. Laura Muir, um, who have, we know won, won an Olympic medal. I think that with some of the issues that have gone on with her coach and everything this year, I think she's probably not quite where she was and where she will hope to be for Paris. Obviously, I'm going to say Keely Hodgkinson. Um, because, Can you she know, beat her American rival, though? That is the, that's, the, that's the big question, isn't it? The world and Olympic champion. Yeah, and, you know, again, she will probably be thinking Paris in a year, but that's a long way off. A lot can happen between now and then. So she, she's got to go into these championships thinking, you know, I could become a, a world champion. I've got to target that in terms of the world championship. We've talked about Katarina Johnson-Thompson. Be very interested to see how Dina Asher-Smith and Daryl Nita go in, in the sprints. Daryl Nita needs to get to a final um, and needs to, I think, perform you know she's been in the past very good to get there um and we saw in the world championships last year didn't we that she beat dina she was british number one but then when it came to oregon it was dina that was the championship performer so yeah lots there to talk about in terms of the women um, and then zarnell has he written down on a piece of paper well i'm champion. gonna win the world championship manifestation that's what it's what it's called i remember noel edmonds used to do that didn't he, he used to write stuff on his hand let's, let's not talk about noel edmonds i want to be the host of deal or no deal <laughs> bring back noel's house party Mr. Blobby. Um, yeah, manifestation is, is what Zarnell's been doing. I wanted to finish and you know by saying, you know, Zarnell, to go to the championships, he's been fantastic this year. We know he's been breaking records, but to go to a championship with the target on his back, the athlete that the rest of the world now are looking at going, yeah. you are the man in form. That is a different type of pressure. And we know that at championships in the past, the pressure has got to him. Full starts obviously yeah. have been yeah. an issue for Zarnell. So to go there and put it all together on that stage 
is a big step up from what we've seen this season. We wish them luck. It all starts on Friday and Saturday and runs right through all next week. This is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic podcast. Stay with us. We've got canoeing, boxing and a switch from athletics to the Cycling World Championships. This is Anything But Footy and Budapest will be a brilliant location for the World Athletics Championships, as Michael said earlier. But of course, Glasgow has been staging the first ever multi-event World Cycling Championships. And frankly, the Scottish city has smashed it. It's been a huge success from a British cycling point of view, but also from the fact that they brought all of these events together. And we've talked about it so many weeks on the podcast, but boy, have they put on a show. Some of the highlights in the last week, because we talked about it in the last episode, uh, Kieran Riley became the first British BMX freestyle park champion in the elite men's final. The 22-year-old European Games champion scored a whopping 95.8 points and his routine included a 360 double whip to bar spin at the end of his run. A what? It's spinning the handles. Well, it is incredible. Uh, well worth it. Uh, we wish Tokyo bronze medalist Declan Brooks uh, well after he fell on his second run to finish 20th. And it was good to see Olympic champion Charlotte Worthington returning to competitive action today as well after pulling out of the European Games and taking a break. Worthington finished seventh in the women's event on 76.70 points. We mentioned them in the last episode, Nia Evans. If you haven't heard Michael's story about sitting on her feet, uh, you need to go back to the last episode and find that out and Eleanor Barker producing a dominant display to win the world championship gold and rainbow jersey of course in the women's Madison on the track uh, the GB duo led from the start and after a huge crash that stopped the race the pair grabbed the crucial final points in the final sprint to win the title also on that night Ethan Vernon managed to beat the odds and come back from a crash to claim the world championship title in the men's elimination race Fast and first, Emma Finucane, at just 20 years of age, is the quickest woman on the planet after winning the women's sprint. She'd already qualified fastest with a new national record earlier in the week. She beat last year's winner, uh, the German Lee Sophie Friedrich, in two races. She's the first world champion since fellow Welsh rider Becky James 10 years ago. Uh, Great Britain's Paratrack squad had their most successful Paratrack world championship in the team's history overall. 30 medals and 18 rainbow jerseys um, in front of a home crowd. On the track, yeah. On the track. Dame Sarah Story won her 17th world title on the C5 time trial in Dumfries after missing the last championships with an injury. She was more than a minute ahead of the rest of the field. Fran Brown added a road time trial goal to her three rainbow jerseys on the track too. And on the final weekend, we say congratulations as well to Beth Shriver, who regained her BMX racing world title as the event came to a close so just to kind of bring you up to date with it right at the end of the 100 medals 100 medals the Great Britain cycling team collected an incredible 34 world titles a total of 66 medals across the road para road track para track BMX racing BMX freestyle park mountain bike cross country and downhill discipline so congratulations to all the riders all the staff at British Cycling as well. And I go back to a conversation we had with Stephen Park, Performance Director at British Cycling on Great British Bosses, where he said that track medals were going to become harder to win at a world and an Olympic um, level. And so they were looking at other opportunities, other disciplines where medals could be won. And when I've just read that out there, you know, we've got obviously road, we've got BMX racing, BMX freestyle, mountain bike as well. You can see that the fruits of that research, that bit of labour uh, that British Cycling have done are coming to fruition here. And I mention it 
because that's why I think Athletics fans need to give Jack Buckner and his team a bit of time at British Athletics to see whether that policy that British Athletics are going to go to now with the slim down squads can, and it will take a little bit of time, as you said, kick in to deliver that success. So we know that British Cycling a few years ago said, look, we've been really dominant on the track. Now we can start winning BMX medals. Now we can start winning mountain bike medals. Saw that at the last Olympics, but at these championships, we've seen it again. Yeah, absolutely. And just on the legacy side of it, it was very much, they want to create Glasgow as a centre of cycling, maybe moving forward. Um, They close lots of roads through the city centres throughout the week. Admittedly, it's just about the end of the summer holidays. I think the schools will go back a bit earlier in Scotland, but it was was probably before that happened. It it seemed like the staging worked. And from everyone I've spoken to up there, it felt like they were part of something and they wanted it and they enjoyed it. And it was a bit like the Commonwealth Games and, and the specialness of that. And I suppose what I would like to see is whether that could happen in another city in England moving forward or will the UCI go, well, actually, let's try and, and, and broaden this cycling out even more and, and try and, and target some other cities that, that want to do this as well. It feels like it was the first ever, and we talked about the 1983 World Athletics Championships and we didn't really know much about it, and and this could be the same, couldn't it? It, it? it needs to build. It's like the European Games, which is the the mini Olympics in Europe. It's we've we've we we covered that earlier in the summer. That was the third edition that we'd that we'd covered, and each time it keeps getting bigger and it keeps getting more important. And that surely has to be the same with the cycling world championships. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I wish loved... it was more coverage. That was I. Yeah. Would, I would say on on certain TV and and radio, it felt like they didn't quite give it the importance it deserved i think it's been a bit of a a strange time in terms of the calendar at the minute that we've got the football world cup going on lioness is into the the semi-final now against the hosts um obviously you've had the netball world cup as well i mean if you look at whoever's designed the sporting calendar and we're trying to promote and we are promoting women's sport why you've got the Women's Football World Cup going on at the same time as the Netball World Cup, where I think you are targeting very much the same sort of set of of enthusiasts and supporters and audiences. Somewhere, I know that COVID obviously has had an impact and that's why we are seeing so many things happening at the moment. This has obviously fallen into that as well. Certainly domestically here in in England, you've had the start of the football season as well, which will always take an impact too. We're just coming off an Ashes cricket summer as well. There there has been lots. The 100. There's, (laughs) yep. Which which the BBC seemed, they spent the money on it, so they want to keep promoting it, even though it looks like it's going to stop after after this third year because nobody, they're not making any money. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. I thought the crowds um, that I saw, certainly in like the road races and things, you know, were were out in, in vast numbers. I think Scotland did get behind it. They've got terrific centres in terms of Edinburgh and Glasgow, the Chris Hoy Velodrome in Glasgow. Wonderful locations for road cycling. Um, so I thought it was good. They're talking, I think, about France potentially stepping up in four years' time to right. do one in 2027. I think Scotland will have used it um, as an advert to try and get the start of the Tour de France, which you know we've seen that start in in Yorkshire we've seen obviously yep. the Tour de France in in London in in recent times i definitely think that they will be looking to try and bring the the start of the Tour de France to stages involving Edinburgh Glasgow Loch Lomond the kind of places we saw in these championships interesting that 
I did see some people, including Ned Bolting, the, the you know cycling broadcaster who's very much attached to that Tour de France coverage on ITV, saying that he enjoyed it but, but wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was quite surprising because going back to that point about how much sport is on at the minute and things that we have said in the past, we need to be staging things imaginatively mm. to capture the the audience there don't we and this i think was an imaginative event i was sat sunday afternoon watching the the bike ballet the artistic cycling that is whatever they call it and you know it's not something i understood really um not something i've seen before it's not something that i've covered at an olympic games because it's not part of it but i was happily to sat down and, and watch some of it and enjoy it and i would never have seen that and that would never have been on bbc2 on a sunday afternoon if it hadn't been part of this big event involving all the disciplines. Yeah, one of the reactions I saw to, to Ned Bolting's tweet was, I think, from Peter Kenner, who is a uh, former British cyclist himself, sort of saying, actually, he thought it was really beneficial to bring the cycling world together because they can all be quite separate. Mm. They can be the track. You can be BMX and you can be road race and you don't, and never the twain shall meet. Um, but actually Unless you're bring, Tom Pidcock, <laughs> in which you can do them all. <laughs> you, can do, you can do whatever. Well, it'd be interesting to see if you could do artistic, um, as, you, as you point out. But... I think that is the thing. It's a bit like having the World Athletics Championships and not doing the marathon and 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 not doing the shot put. Do you know? It's it, these are ultimately world class cycling events. And yes, you put in the under twenty threes and you put in the juniors, so it, it means there are more races than just the elite. But it, it does feel like eleven days, ten days. It did feel like there was there was something to get into. And there was something each day to spark your interest as well as, oh, I'm really interested in the track. But well, actually, I might watch the BMX or I might watch um, Cycle Ball or whatever. Yeah, I thought it was, I personally, you know, I thought it was good. I would look forward to that staging. I think, as I said, France is, is lined up, I think, for 2027. Um, and yeah, I think the, the cycling community that can sometimes be a little bit insular probably need to, to step up and, and back this event and promote it. And, you know, we saw how many casual cycling fans came out and, and that can only be good for the sport. If you want to promote your sport, you want to get your sport out to the widest audiences, you want to create these big names from these cyclists that we've got, this is the way to do it. Um, I agree. Uh, let's catch up with a quick other news from the Games. Uh, two world championships coming up in canoeing in the coming weeks. We've got Lee Valley uh, staging the Canoe Slalom Worlds next month in September. While this month in Germany, it's the Canoe Sprint and Para Canoe Worlds as well, with qualifying places for Great Britain at the Paris 2024 Olympic and Paralympic Games, hopefully up for grabs. We've got current Paralympic uh, world champion Charlotte Henshaw, Emma Wiggs and Laura Sugar leading the way for British canoeing uh, Paralympic bronze medalist Stu Wood is back in international action after missing the whole 2022 season. Izzy Evans uh, heads into the World Championships off the back of her best result at the European Games in the C1 200 metres, which we mentioned earlier. And Dan Johnson has also been informed as he looks to qualify in the men's K1 1000 metres for Great Britain ahead of Paris next year. A couple of other bits just to bring you. The top UK archers are set for, as their press release says, a sensational showdown at the National Tour Finals. So this is going to be on the 
the 2nd and the 3rd of September. Selection of the UK's finest archers will be assembling in Nottingham for the National Tour Final. Six champions will be crowned in the disciplines of recurve, compound and bare bow archery. They include Ella Gibson, who of course recently broke the 50-metre qualifying and 70-metre points world records yes. at those European Games. And in boxing, GB Boxing, the world-class programme managing elite amateur boxers in this country, they have officially joined the new organisation World Boxing. So this is the new International Sport Federation, which was established in April 2023, to keep boxing at the heart of the Olympic movement. There had been some suggestion that boxing might drop off the programme because of some issues, uh, ongoing issues with the current federation thrown out of the Olympics. World Boxing is now seeking recognition from the IOC. That will help to preserve boxing ongoing place on the Olympic competition programme, certainly at LA in 2028 and beyond Brisbane 2032, Budapest uh, <laughs> 2036, perhaps, as we've already mentioned, along with GB Boxing, US Boxing, New Zealand Boxing, Boxing Australia, England Boxing, and the Dutch Boxing Federation have also all been granted full membership status. Still some work to do because there are certain, they're all certain countries. They're, they're quite Western countries. So they, they do need to try and broaden it out. And I'm sure they're working incredibly hard on that uh, to bring other people into that. Uh, for much more, of course, of the uh, sporting summer to come, you can check out our sporting calendar on our website, all our latest blogs as well. We need to write a, a, a new one on the, uh, on the World Athletics Championships, I think maybe. Uh, we'll see how that week goes. Michael will be covering that for talk sport as well so keep an eye out for him on that and as ever you can get in touch if you liked Bellino the bear no get in touch if you've got any other world championship memories uh, we'd love to hear from you we're on anything but f on twitter or wherever it's called these days anything but footy on insta facebook and threads Podcast Network.